So, I have been a proponent of Canon sensors and cameras and lenses, sure, I guess. Um, more so like the old Nikon glass, the late, late 1950s stuff. That's what I have on, on my camera right now that I'm shooting on. And I've been holding on to this so desperately because like, I just, I love lots of different parts about the looks and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't, I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep sticking with a brand and brand loyalty and all that shit when you're seeing stuff that's coming out on the GH5S and with the fucking kit lenses and I'm like, let me, you know, have my clicked aperture over here with my 1960s Nikon lenses. I mean, they look good and everything, sure. And I have my internal ND and that's awesome. And I have my XLR inputs and that's great, but I can't shoot 4K. That's kind of lame at this point, but I was willing to sacrifice that. And it was sort of a pride thing too. It was just like, okay, I don't have 4K, but most people aren't watching 4K video anyway. So it doesn't matter, but I know I can downsize it and all that. That's great. It's not gonna make that big of an impact. I'll just make sure I'm really certain about controlling everything that goes on in my frame. And that's great up until you fuck up in a place where you could have fixed it with having 4K. I always love the color of skin on this camera, the C100. It's not doing it for me anymore. I've just come to expect more out of a camera or know that I can expect more out of a camera. I love the internal ND, it's awesome, but it is the only thing it has on new DSLRs and new mirrorless cameras that are out, which is kind of crazy because you just look at it and you're just like, but it's not a cinema camera. And it's like, fuck you, it doesn't matter that's not a cinema camera. Technology is changing and technology doesn't care about your biases of holding on to this brand or this type or this format or whatever. So I'm selling pretty much all of my, yeah, pretty much all of my gear. I'm selling my Canon C100, Nikon lenses, my 5D, my Ronin, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I'm going to be switching it all up to something completely different. Didn't really bury the lead there. Uh, it's the GH5S. So why? Uh, well, that should be obvious. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons that I just listed out and everything, but also why not is a bigger, I think a bigger question is a, is a, is a more important question because what's happening is people are starting to just stop give a shit about, you know, what it's supposed to look like. If I'm filming myself like I am right now on my C100, I'm flipping the screen halfway back. I have a monitor that I could set up on the side, but that's another rigging thing that I have to do. And I could, I could do that and it could take me, a, it would take me just a minute, but it's, I know how to operate this now. But the point is that it's just made things so much easier. I think it's really silly for people to try to kill themselves to make sure that they're able to do something in a way that still looks professional. I know that I will definitely lose jobs because of going to the GH5S um, instead of shooting with my C100. Fucking stupid. But it's true. I will uh, lose bids on jobs because I say, oh, I'm shooting with this camera now. Because when you show up and a client sees it, they're not as impressed. Um, they want to see something, they want to see something bigger and all. Uh, give me some time and I'll drop some PL lenses on there and I'll get some anamorphics going on and that'll be, that'll be awesome. Uh, and then I don't give a shit what anybody says. Um, and I still don't right now, but it would be nice if that didn't affect my bottom line, but it will. But the work I'll be able to make out of this is going to be far superior to anything else that I've been able to do before. The other thing too was slow motion. 
as well. I was saying, I was just like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a documentary filmmaker, so I don't need to really worry about slow motion or anything. It's like that. And it's like, you idiot. Like, of course you do. Of, of course you do. Like, these last three videos that I've put out now with Mike Jones, like, if I would have had slow motion on them, there would have been, it would have been so much better in many different circumstances. But I didn't mess around with it because uh, I didn't have it available to me. Um, and because I never had it available to me, I always just assumed that it wasn't that big a deal. Um, so finally, years late, I'm about to step into the 4K game. I've shot a lot on many, many, many different cameras. Um, a lot of Ari's cameras, most of most of their cameras. I think I've shot on every red camera except for the red one, the A7S II, the R3, but I've never shot on the GH. Uh, GH5. Actually, it's not true. I did shoot on the GH5 one time when I was filming a guy in a jetpack flying into a building. I did do that. Link is there. But I've never ever really worked with it as a cinema camera. So once again, I'm diving in, doing as much research as I possibly can before I make the commitment and everything, but I know the commitment has to be made. And so it'll probably take me a year to figure out how to really use this camera. It, I feel like it took me about probably a year, yeah, about a year to really understand the C100. Now, to know like when you drop it somewhere and you're looking at something, to look and see something and understand what the camera's gonna do before you actually roll on the screen, I think that took me about a year to really be able to get. Um, and I know there's there's apps that you can you know hold up your phone and see what, what frame is gonna look like and everything else, that's great. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is understanding how the camera is gonna perceive the light. Using that to be able to plan ahead with your camera. Uh, knowing how far you can push it, knowing what you can and what you can't do with it, um, and knowing when to say just fuck it and just go ahead and break that anyway. It's all been important parts, but it's going to take me a long time to learn that with the GH5S as well. Here's another thing that's really annoying. My current setup, if I want to swap my focal length, then I need to go ahead and pull my lens off and drop my new one on. So my point with all of this is not, oh my god, look at everything that this camera can do that this other camera can't. You can go on any site and figure out, not any site, but a lot of different sites, and you can figure out, you know, the shortcomings of different things to other things. I don't, I don't need to talk about gear anymore, right? So the idea is I'm switching up to this better camera. Why did it take me so long to make this switch? And I think it has to do with a couple reasons. I think that uh, first off, it does have to do with arrogance um, because you have this idea that I'm operating a cinema camera and if I take a step back down, um, then I'm not gonna be seen as a cinematographer as much anymore, which, you know, is, is it's, it's, it's something to consider. It's something that'll happen. I'll be seen as like a, as a vlogger or a videographer or something like that. I usually work on sets, like actual sets. I don't usually go out and just film my own documentaries and everything. I don't usually just am filming on my own, uh, one person. I'm not doing weddings and, and, and things like that. I'm usually working with a large team of people on a set. This burns the ego a little bit, but it's really silly when you 
really think about it. And the, the only people who are going to give a shit are the people who you shouldn't really care about impressing anyway. Um, and that's how it should how it should always be. Another thing to go along with that is like I know like I'm gonna try to kick down my ego. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna I'm really gonna try. But I know when I go ahead and twist that lens out and I go ahead and zoom in, and I know when it periscopes out, it's gonna look like dog shit like like it, it, it's gonna, the look of it it's gonna be great but like what it's gonna look like as i'm doing it i'm just gonna be like oh god that looks that looks so bad um but i have to i have to not care anymore there's no reason for me to hold myself back from the gear that could really help to that i i, I would that would really help me if i could take advantage of those qualities um if i'm just stopping doing it because of other people's opinions and because of my opinion of what those other people's opinions might be um, so I don't know if this is relatable to you, but this is why it took me a lot of time to be able to do this. Also, another thing too is that you know you get comfortable with a camera, you get comfortable with your settings and everything, you get comfortable with how you operate and work around that camera. But you don't get to be you know a really good uh, cinematographer, I would say, a good operator, unless you work with a lot of different cameras. I mean, like you can you can become an incredible operator with one camera for sure, or you can become an incredible movie operator, or you can become you know I, I just operate the R2 or whatever. But it's it's good to have a little bit of diversity going on in there and understanding the pitfalls of where your camera is and other people's are too or gear or whatever so that you can you know say hey maybe this maybe this thing maybe this brand loyalty thing isn't working out for me so well so i'm selling all my stuff um, i'm hoping that within about a week i'll have all my new gear uh, purchased and it'll be on its way to me. I might be selling my tripod too. Um, I got the 504 Fluid Head Manfrotto, which is awesome. It's so good. It's so, 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 so good. Uh, but first time I took it anywhere, uh, United just threw it somewhere. It must have dropped it on the ground or something and it chipped off a piece of the of the head so that really sucks that's gonna that's gonna up the resale value but uh i might get rid of that too i don't know if i'm having the gh5s it's not like it's gonna be a heavy camera i'm working on the tilter rig uh going around it the dual handle um, i'm really interested to see how the autofocus pulls on it i know i'm not gonna be trying to pull focus at the same time and so my point with all of this is not oh my god look at everything that this camera can do that this other camera can't you can go on any site and figure out not any site but a lot of different sites and you can figure out you know the shortcomings of different things to other things who I, I don't i don't need to talk about gear anymore right so the idea is i'm switching up to this better camera why did it take me so long to make this switch and i think it has to do with a couple reasons i think that uh first off it does have to do with arrogance um because you have this idea that i'm operating a cinema camera and if i take a step back down um, then I'm not going to be seen as a cinematographer as much anymore, which, you know, is, is, it's, it's, it's something to consider. It's something that'll happen. I'll be seen as like a, as a vlogger or a videographer or something like that. And uh, I usually work on sets, like actual sets. I don't usually go out and just film my own documentaries and everything. I don't usually just am filming on my own. Uh, one person. I'm not doing weddings and, and, and things like that. I'm usually working with a large team of people on a set. This burns the ego a little bit, but it's really silly when you really think about it. The, the, the only people who are going to give a shit are the people who you shouldn't really care about impressing anyway. Um, and that's how it should how it should always be. Another thing to go along with that is like, I know like I'm going to try to kick down my ego. I'm going to try, I'm going to really going to try. 
Um, but I know when I go ahead and twist that lens out and I go ahead and zoom in, and I know when it periscopes out, it's gonna look like dog shit. Like, like it, it, it's the look of it is gonna be great, but like what it's gonna look like as I'm doing it, I'm just gonna be like, oh god, that looks that looks so bad. But I have to I have to not care anymore. You know, there's there's no reason for me to hold myself back from the gear that could really help to that I, I, I would that would really help me if I could take advantage of those qualities. Um, if I'm just stopping doing it because of other people's opinions and because of my opinion of what those other people's opinions might be. Um, so I don't know if this is relatable to you, but this is why it took me a lot of time to be able to do this. Also, another thing too is that you know you get comfortable with a camera, you get comfortable with your settings and everything, you get comfortable with how you operate and work around that camera, but you don't get to be you know a really good uh, cinematographer, I would say, a good operator unless you work with a lot of different cameras. I mean, like you can, you can become an incredible operator with one camera for sure, or you can become an incredible movie operator, or you can become, you know, I, I just operate the R2 or whatever, but it's, it's good to have a little bit of diversity going on in there and uh, understanding the pitfalls of where your camera is and other people's R2 or gear or whatever, so that you can, you know, say, hey, maybe this, maybe this thing, maybe this brand loyalty thing isn't working out for me so well. So I'm selling all my stuff. Um, I'm hoping that within about a week, I'll have all my new gear uh, purchased and it'll be on its way to me. Um, I might be selling my tripod too. I don't know. Um, I got the 504 Fluid Head Manfrotto, which is awesome. It's so good. It's so, 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 so good. Uh, but first time I took it anywhere, uh, United just threw it somewhere. It must have dropped it on the ground or something and it chipped off a piece of the of the head, so that really sucks. That's gonna that's gonna up the resale value. I might get rid of that too. I don't know if I'm having the GH5S. It's not like it's gonna be a heavy camera. I'm working on the tilter rig, uh, going around it, the dual handle. I'm really interested to see how the autofocus pulls on it. I know I'm not gonna be trying to pull focus at the same time and and operate. It's it, 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 it's 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 a little, it's a little much. Um, so I'll pass. I'll pass on that. Um, as long as I can. If I have to use it. I mean, you see the reviews all the time, but you don't know how long those people actually worked with that gear and everything. That's why I'm coming to you and just saying like, hey, GH5S, haven't really touched it. Haven't really, haven't really worked with it at all. Um, so I'm definitely interested to, to see what this thing can do. Yeah, that's about all the, uh... oh, anamorphics. The fact that you can mount anamorphic lenses onto micro four thirds, like that's, oh, oh my God. That's just the best. That is just the best. Or some super speeds. Oh my god. Oh, cameras don't really do it for me. The lenses are really, really where it's at for me. I mean, yes, you need... The, 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 and that's what I love about the GH5S is that I'm like... It seems like the sensor and the software and it is pretty pretty damn good. Um, and I'm really excited I can see what to see what I can do with it. But I really can't wait to see how some anamorphic lenses end up making that thing look and how that performs. So that's what I'm excited about. As far as the lenses go, I was thinking about going with those Lumix lenses. I've heard from a very reputable friend of mine that the 2.8, 12 to 35, and then the 35 to, or the 70 to 200, the 35 to 100, those lenses are pretty incredible with their in-lens uh, stabilization. So I'm going to go with those because it's a base. It's a place to start out 
and then I can move on from there. I know where I want to take this. I know I want to use anamorphics out in the field. I know that's what I want to do with them. Um, so until that happens and until I can be able to afford that, then I'm just going to go ahead and stick with what I know to be a reputable product by proxy of a friend of mine. So I've watched plenty of videos, but everything on the internet is the same thing. It's people arguing back and forth over stupid bullshit and talking about things, well, you didn't remember this. So I don't really care to waste my time more on that or on the fact that uh, these lenses telescope. So telescoping um, usually in a lens will change the lowest f-stop that you can get, but with these lenses, it does not. So it's less of an issue. Um, also on some lenses, when you telescope out, you zoom in, it'll change the position through what's called breathing of where the focus ring is gonna be at. So you have your zoom ring and your focus ring, and then if you zoom out and then the focus ring moves a little bit, you no longer have your gears around the same place that your focus ring was at originally. Um, so that's moved, and when you go to change where your focus is at, then you're going to lose out on, right? So um, that's an issue with that. The Sigma Cinema Lens line that I saw last year at NAB had a huge issue with that. Breathy was uh, an apt description. But yeah, the telescoping doesn't look good. It looks like shit. It, it, I, I, I really wish that those lenses didn't move physically out like that. But what are you going to do? Micro Four Thirds lenses. Um, until you get a PL mount, I mean, there's nothing that you're going to have on there that's going to look incredibly professional. And yeah, you can get, you know, your extra stop of light and everything with uh, your Canon lenses on there, which is, you know, awesome. Take that 1.2, turn it down to a 0.95 and ooh, I bet you're looking sexy and I bet you can't keep anything in focus. I mean, there's, 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 there's plenty of reasons to go different directions with so many different lenses. Um, but because of the way that this one looks when it actually operates, um, would have been a reason for me to write it off a long time ago. Uh, now, not so much. Uh, now I'll, I'm willing to go ahead and just say, yeah, but the image is really what matters. It's the same thing as a car under the hood type of thing. People will get, uh, people get upset. People get really upset about, you know, how their package looks. You know, and it's just weird for a client to get really upset about how the camera package looks as well, uh, because they feel as though it's looking unprofessional if it's a smaller rig. Um, but the only people that are on site are the people who they hired to be there. So I don't know, I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, they have their monitor and they can see everything that's going on. Then fantastic. Uh, my plan is to build a tilted rig cage out around the GH5S. Uh, the dual handles is what I'm going to go for. Um, and then I'm probably going to drop that on a Ronin-S um, or Glidecam 2000. Because if I'm going to be out in the field for 10 days in a row, that means I have to pack a solar charger. I don't want to pack a solar charger. That would suck. That would really suck. It would be another thing that I'd have to do. But I'm going to need one anyway because of the batteries for the GH5S, so we will see. We will, out of focus, see. All right, thanks for watching, guys.